G'day punters, welcome to Victims of the Punt, uh, the show where we review the Sydney Racing with an eye to finding out if we were victors or victims from the weekend. And uh, I'll start with Mark Sheehan. You had a decent result there on the weekend in the Golden Slipper with the futures bets, Mark. They lobbed for you. Yes, um, normally they're there running second or something. There's a bad beat, but uh, anyway... Um, I got plenty of races wrong through the day, so I needed it. <laughs> Something anyway. Uh, Mark Roden, it was a, a strong day's racing in the end. And going back and having a look at some of the figures as well, there's been some pretty impressive performances across the card. Certainly have. The, the last two winners, probably the most uh, impressive in the uh, Eduardo and Seasons were both outstanding uh, wins, really. Um, credit to the club for getting the track in such magnificent order too. It's really been about a 5-6, I think, after you know the torrential rain of the they had last week it's a remarkable effort absolutely and uh here he is he's coming off arguably what was a career best performance at rose hill may not have got the results on the scoreboard from your point of view on that day but rob scurry just come back and just completely knocked it out of the park on the biggest day of the year yeah well you know the championships might be the biggest oh let's not forget everest but yeah traditionally (laughs) traditionally a hard day and a day that i've i've really you know I've, i've been happy to kind of break square on so just why I love the punt. Race one, I was in the doldrums. And race eight, Eduardo Nash sitting there at the 300. I was howling at the moon, man. I knew it was home. <laughs> Completely killed them. Uh, look, we can, let's start at race one. Let's talk about the Derby Munro over 1,200. Uh, isotopes just edged out Odium uh, in what was an evenly run race. 0.2 lengths fast at 600 on punting forms data. Rob, run us through us the yard because obviously this is one of the races on the card, one of the... Uh, the abnormalities, one of the races you didn't have a result. Oh, I was, I was flat, mate. I, I went again on the corner because I thought um, it, it was probably going to be off the fence in the straight. So I, I backed Andermatt and uh, Mabusha um, and a little bit on Doubtland too. And um, yeah, look, I thought the Sydney horses looked better than the, than the imports and the Sydney horses usually win these races. Isotope looked fit and well and behaving well, but she just looked kind of smallish to me. Um, Odium, you know, quality type but you know they're, they all presented really well here um i'm really interested in what mark sheen thinks of private eye because he's been he's been on it since it was a, a you know a maiden or whatever or a, a lowly rated horse um but you know andermatt couldn't have paraded any better i thought it was weak as water um yeah i was i was really 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 hurting okay mark sheen what did you think of private eye and then also marbusha i'm keen to get your thoughts on that galloper yeah, um, well, the private eye, to my eye, sweated up a lot worse than he had in the past, and then he got a bad check uh, halfway through the race, which uh, I'm not sure that he was travelling well enough at the time, but he did make ground again at the finish, so I wouldn't exactly sell him out. He did sweat up at Gosford before he won first up last time, but he was much worse on Saturday, so I think there's still improvement to come there. Um, I thought Isotope looked great in the yard. Look, she's not not a very big filly, but um, she handled the heat well. She was one of the few in the race that weren't sweating. Andermatt uh, did parade well also. So a few uh, ordinary runs, but maybe being on the rail in these shoot races was a massive advantage. Uh, apart from staying inside, we had Eduardo, Seasons and Isotope all rail in these shoot races. So maybe she just got into the best ground, but certainly she finished the race off well. And she can only uh, improve as the races get longer as well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure she'll handle 1,400. She was a short price favourite in that Magic Millions race when she fell. So, um, yeah, I think it's upside for Isotope and a few were a bit disappointing behind her. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there was a few uh, few punters who probably would have been having nightmares going back to that Magic Millions race. Uh, Mark Roden, 
your thoughts on the race? I suppose rated really well. Uh, one, two, three were rails and run, as Mark alluded to earlier. It, it sort of spooked me a bit that I thought, oh, it's not going to be that kind of day. But it, 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 if it applied to anything, it was the shoot that fact played really fairly in, in most cases. Um, yeah, this uh, new peak for Isotope on mine and the second horse, Odium, who did have a perfect run as well. Um, and a brave effort from Don Nipatina. Uh, shout out to a couple of former colleagues of mine in the ownership of Isotope, Jared and Raf. Um, they've got a very nice filly on their hands and obviously having a lot of fun with it. No doubt at all there. Uh, race two is the Manion Cup over 2,400, the Group 3. And favourite moon for W.J. Haggis and Karen McAvoy. Uh, Willie Haggis just, or William Haggis just manages to turn up with one of these horses every year, almost the way it feels, and just completely get rid of the, the locals. Uh, slow race on the punting form starter, 2.3 length slow to the 600. Rob, what did you think of a few of these uh, first-timers in, that you'd seen? Uh, look, I, I thought she looked fit and well, the winner, um, and I kind of chopped out her because she seemed to just settle beautifully in the run, but it didn't look much more than a Wednesday horse to me. You know, it looked, it looked pretty good, but um, a lot of these are slugs, um, and, and, and I found um, a couple of... You know, I, I've, it's, it's not really my, my horse. Um, it's, it keeps, I keep backing at the Sacramento, and I can't get a result on it, but... I wasn't overly thrilled when it was one out, one back in the run. I know Hush Rider, the stable mate, they probably had tactics. Um, but it's run well again. It's, it's, you've got to say it's honest and it's holding its condition. Um, the, the other bet in the race was Realm of Flowers, which I liked at Randwick when it was on, and, and it sort of stood out again to me. And um, it, it's been unlucky uh, in the run. But um, to do's dart, paraded well. Uh, Mark Sheen, $7. Any much of that yours? Uh, and now I've uh, I've sacked it completely, and uh, I I need someone to have a talk to me for tipping it and keep backing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, Realm of Flowers probably should have won here, three wide all the way. Um, probably wasn't the place to be, although Polly Gray won sitting three wide, but. It had a very tough run and uh, obviously being aimed at the Sydney Cup and that's a pretty good Sydney Cup lead-up. Uh, agree with Sacramento, wasn't able to get to his preferred role as pacemaker and also wet track uh, certainly against him. Uh, away from that, favourite, or I'm sorry, the winner uh, did look very forward and handled the heat quite well um, So and got a beautiful ride and a beautiful run. So... Things fell into place for it, but I think if you're on Realm of Flowers, you would have been straight to the sick bowl. Exactly right. Mark Roden, uh, you were on the winner, fortunately. Uh, what's your thoughts on the rest of the slugs? Uh, well, Realm of Flowers is probably the only one I've won anything to do with uh, going forward, but um, that's hardly an original thought. She is now yeah. favourite for the Sydney Cup. Uh, no one's missed that, I assume. There'll be a jockey change. If there isn't, we might be able to bet against her again, but um, I assume there will be. Um, yeah, I actually, back to Haggis' thing in this race last year, Young Rascal, I think, is the name who won it. Um, so I've had a bit of luck with that stable first up, uh, but then I, of course, gave it all back uh, on the stable, mate, two, two races later. Okay, we'll get to, we will get to, to that race, but uh, before we do, we've got the Epona over the 1,900 metres, Group 3. Very fast tempo here, six lengths fast to the 600 on punting forms data. Uh, Rob Scurry, run us through some of these horses. Yeah, look, um, after Realm of Flowers, um, I was thinking, I was feeling a pretty hard done by and wondering where my day was going, and then this nightmare of a race pops up and <laughs> you're, you're trying to... You know, 
<laughs> find something. Um, I thought Polly Gray looked as good as she's been. She looked perfect. Um, she's, she's kind of a rangy, lightly framed thing. Um, so you wouldn't say a typical kind of soft track horse, but um, never better. Um, really tricky race. I, I landed on um, the Australian Bloodstock horse here, number nine, Attention Run. Um, just thought it had like strengthened up. It seemed this setup had worked for it in the past. Um, it had Barrier One. I think we had the first two racer winners with Barrier One. So, you know, I'm searching for it, trying to find find something for the punters. And, um, yeah, when, when my second or third pick, Polly Gray won, I was, uh, yeah, I didn't know where my um, golden slipper, looked like my golden slipper day was down the toilet. Okay. Mark Sheehan, what did you make of this nightmare of the race, as Rob called it? Oh, well, she's ideal. Should have pissed him, to put it bluntly. It, um, it, it should have won by five or six lengths, honestly. Uh, badly held up on the rail. Not much he could do about it. I know Collett does go looking for these inside runs, but he was jammed up in a bad spot. She uh, She's made up a lot of ground without a lot of urging uh, in the straight. He didn't even pull the whip. But of course, it looked like it was a forlorn uh, task uh, once she got out and the others were rolling. Uh, winner's done a good job because three wide all the way and the only horse to sit three wide and win all day. So they were pretty packed up uh, just behind the winner, but she's ideal should have won. Okay. Mark Roden, uh, they've gone really fast here. Have we Can we make a case for a horse maybe like Lelude going forward? I mean, it's stuck on pretty well given the tempo up front. Yeah, possibly. She's, she's honest. She's actually rated to her best uh, with me anyway. So that's that's a tick if um, you think she was unsuited by having to do a bit, bit of work. Uh, Pace-wise, yeah, she's ideal. Unlucky again. That's that's her though. Isn't it? <laughs> she obviously, I mean, if you just take her figures, she must have another level in her. You know, when things go right for her. Um, but you know, she was two dollars thirty SP on Saturday. The market's never really going to miss her. I think she's just got that such a SP profile about her, uh, and keeps finding bad luck. So I don't know exactly how we're going to get something out of her or when. But. Um, yeah, not, not a great deal to say about the others. I was on a tension run as well. Um, thought it set up beautifully for her, but she was pretty disappointing. And, yeah, she's ideal. Just um, got stuck in, in between some slow ones, unfortunately, and that was that was the end of it for her. All right. Race four is when the action really started to heat up and ran bit over 2,000 metres. The group one, slow tempo, no real surprise, just a moderate-sized field. 3.3 links slow to the 600. Rob Scurry, very elegant, is one of your favourite horses to spot in the yard, but you also had a deep to compare to. So Dragon A, Colette, there's a lot going on, but what did you think of the, the main fancies in particular? Well, I described a deep as like a proper weight for age horse. Um... You know, maybe like my my boyfriend, Avilius, you know, would be kind of look at home in anywhere in the world. But I, he didn't look like a world beater and very elegant. I'd never seen a parade better. She, you know, her, her coat, you could eat off it. It was, it was just, she was just perfect. Like, and I, you know, she's won eight group ones now and over shorter distances, soft track. Um, yeah, I, I just, just thought she had to, had to have a go. Um, why not? Um, Adib looked very forward, um, very strong, very very relaxed, very professional. Um, Sir Dragonay was was towy, and I think it's the first time I've seen him. He was a, a towy kind of rangy horse. Um, I think he's maybe not finished developing. Uh, Angel of Truth looked outstanding. I've never seen Master of Wine look as good. Um, Colette looked seemed to hold. Natoya looked fantastic. Miami Bound got a bit hot late. Uh, Cliffs of Moa, no, but you know, fair play to them, um, picking up some prize money. Yep. 
Uh, Mark Sheehan, your thoughts on the first two across the line? Um, well, hard to uh, be against the winner. She's very honest. She's a fighter. Um, indeed, um, a little bit concerning that, you know, it was declared a 1-5 lame on Friday. It doesn't give you a lot of confidence. He came into the yard and, as Rob said, looked very forward. And as soon as he came into the yard, there was a lot of money for him. But a very elegant parade and fantastic as well. So not much I can add. I think everyone's watched the race and got their own opinion. Uh, maybe a day wasn't quite at 100% um, sounding, you know, the, the fact that he's gone into that slightly lame but then past fit, it do, doesn't give you a lot of confidence, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, Mark Roden, what did you think of what the market was doing over the last half hour leading up into the race? Um, yeah, it was interesting. Well, very elegant from Friday and through Saturday morning was the popular one because of the news about Dave, I think. But then it certainly sprung back late in the Dave's favour. Um, obviously, the parade had something to do with that. Um, I, the thing about this race, to me, is I don't think they've gone very well at all. I mean, Angel of Truth has got too close to them. I know he had a picnic in front of Angel of Truth, but um, he's got too close to them for mine. And on my figures, very elegant, not raced to her best. The day of has raced um, about four and a half lengths off what, what, what I think he did in uh, the UK. Um, and it looks at a glance at plenty from this morning that they're in agreement. Um, I think they've got very elegant figure uh, and a day of two miles off its best. So um, I was on a day of, I didn't, I'd, I'd already backed it. I, I just had a bet on it. I didn't, I didn't completely, you know, load the cannons on him, but I, I just wanted to be on him. I thought he had an edge on our weight parade form. I still think he does at his best. I, I just think he's he's failed on Saturday, possibly because of the, the um, you know, the plating and lameness issue he had on during the week. Um, and if he returns to his best in the QE, he will win. I, I, I'm still convinced he's the best best of this lot. Um, that said, very elegant on figures can go better than that as well. So it, it, it could be in for another great race. Oh, 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 as a fan, does anyone like the idea of very elegant going to the arc on a, on a soft track with Chris overseeing his, his finest hour? Um, uncle winning an arc de triomphe. She any hope? Look, I, I'd say one. she's... About three lengths, two to three lengths off a horse like So You Think was at his best. Yeah, okay. And that would lead me to think that she wouldn't be winning an A. Yeah, he, he came fourth, I think. But yeah. The yeah. trouble with these going forward is that there's there's not much new blood, is there? There's only like possibly Mugger too. Yeah. Who, you know, he's gone to another level and was unlike yeah. Cox Plate, so... Yeah. But there's no, you know, you're not getting horses if you're overseas, you're not getting horses from England, Ireland, you know, it, it's the same group going to be going around. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that they, very elegant, can go better than that. She's gone better than that in the past, but there was, no, there was just figures wise, there was nothing really to like about Saturday's race at all. Yep. Uh, just going quickly through her uh, career, Mark Road, that's the first time she hasn't returned a double figure. Uh, or double-digit results on punting forms data in what her last 10 starts, basically. I'm excluding the first up run this preparation where it was just a farcically slow tempo. But, yeah, certainly that performance is probably about three lengths off what you'd be expecting her to return based yeah. off that tempo. Oh, that's almost, the, I'd say, yeah, it was two and a half on mine, so we're almost identical there. Okay, let's look at the Rose Hill Guineas. Uh, race five, Moanga uh, finally got a result there for that horse but Skylab geez I mean it was a incredibly tight 
finish there. Even tempo, 1.2 lengths fast at 600. Montefilia was close up in third. Rob Scurry, run us through these top-line horses. Mm, oh, ish. Top-line-ish. Um, I, I was surprised. I'm kind of proud of myself. I, I found Skylab on top. He just seemed to be thriving through the prep. And, you know, he's, he's an angular, classic, kind of old-school staying look about him. He doesn't look like the modern horse, um, you know, the, the sprinter bred, you know, out of the sprint. Is is it? He's. Um, I, th- I think he's. He's the one, and he didn't quite have a spot. That the barrier was always there, but I just thought he just looked sensational for him. And I'm always going to take on Moanga, even though he he looked trained to the minute. He's still kind of lightly framed. He still gets towy. This is this that these are not traits of, of a Group One kind of horse. Um, Dico's horse, Quay Quay, kind of looked look, look really well, had a good, really good condition on it. So she was like a small player in the race. But, yeah, I was mainly on Skylab and, you know, I wasn't too upset um, that it got beat. Um, yeah, Moanga, you know, girl power, power to her. Annabelle Nation obviously can train, get some good horses too. And, yeah, hats off. Mark Chan, it feels like Skylab's been a common thread for this show over the last couple of months. Uh, did you stick that once again with that horse? I was on it, yeah. My son was on it uh, in the futures for a for a big result. Uh, I backed it in the Derby, not the Rosehill Guineas. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was on it on Saturday. Yeah, I wasn't on it in the futures, but I backed it on the day. I just think Moanga got the drop on him. He had to sort of take the ball up himself three wide. And I think that was the difference in winning and losing. Moanga just got on the back of him and tagged him all the way, and then Montefilia tagged them. Um, I think if that possibly was reversed, he may have got the money. But anyway, what can you do? Uh, Moanga just sprinted better than him at the finish. Um, and just interesting to now whether he goes to the derby. As Rob said, he's only very lightly framed towards. Um, I think personally I would be having a throw at the stumps of the Doncaster with 49. Um, what are you doing? First three-year-olds win the Doncaster with, uh, with more weight than this. Uh, I think that would be a perfect race for him myself. What are you doing? You're a masochist. You're on in the derby, aren't you? Don't you want this horse to go to the derby? I'm on Skylab in the derby. Sorry, yeah, I don't want my hunger going. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it is self-interest. Sorry, I thought you were saying Skylab into the... No, but I think Moanga would have a great chance in a handicap. Yeah, I, yeah. sorry, I thought you meant Skylab and you, no. you're doing it. Your... <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you must have been happy with how he's trained on Skylab. He's, he's, he's looking sensational. No, he's held his condition great. He looks great in the coat. Um, yeah. Hey, look, oh, I thought he was the pick of the yard myself. Montefilia, yeah. um, I think she's strengthened up. She did run a good race. She was jumping from 14 to 2,000. Yeah. Interesting that she's going to go straight to the derby now and then the Oaks after that. So... That uh, certainly adds more interest for the Derby as well. Mark Roden, what are we doing with this race from a data point of view? Because it's the weakest race in terms of the winning figure on the entire card. They've got an even tempo and just haven't really looked like they've finished off, so to speak. And there's a huge Mm. tail to this in terms of the beaten margin. So it it is a bit of a a confusing race to just pick apart on first glance. Oh, well, that's the three-year-old division this year, isn't it? There's not a great deal of guts to it. I think the, the first three have all run, you know, certainly well enough to be competitive against their own age again, and perhaps Moanga, yeah, with a big weight drop. Uh, he's, he's rated as well as he would have last time with a clear run, I would say, yeah. on, on my stuff, the way I do it. Uh, I think Montefilia is ticking over beautifully. I think she is a chance in the derby, and Skylab had to go first. And he also announced himself um, as belonging in this in this grade on Saturday. He's, he's 
threatened to do that um, all through his preparation, and he, and he did make the step. And he, he had the toughest run of the, the three of them, arguably. So uh, he's right in it. Um, if they all met in the derby, if Moonga does go to the derby, I would rather be on second and third, um, especially as it looks like Moonga, well, Moonga's currently favourite. So I think the others are around the $8 mark. They, they'd entice me more um, than Moonga in the derby, if that's where they all meet. And then, of course, we've got the New Zealander to muddy the waters coming over as well. So, but um, look, it's just not a vintage three-year-old year, and that probably explains what you're seeing with the data there. Okay. Uh, we'll go to the George Ryder 1500. Group 1, race 6, very slow tempo, 6.5 lengths slow to the 600 on punting forms data, so incredibly slow. Rob Scurry, is it vision and power? Uh, now, can you explain what that means for me? <laughs> well, I think Mark Sheen will remember vision and power. He, he, I think he's a Joe Pride. Was he a Joe Pride horse, Mark? Yeah, he won, the, he won a Doncaster. And he won the Ryder. He just, he's like a journeyman. He came out of nowhere and, you know, he, he, he won two group ones on suitable tracks yeah. for him. And everyone thought he'd sort of reached his ceiling. So I kind of thought Think It Over had a similar sign, kind of um, feel about it. I thought he was suited on the wet track. Uh, and I was a bit, I th you know, I thought I can't back Avilius unless he's 10 bucks. He's going to get back. So he, he seemed to take a lot of market percentage. Uh, and then um, the, the the mayor of, of Chris's um, just always gets hot, never parades like a like a waller horse should. Um, I, I've got a bit lucky because because the old champ Dreamforce is just about um, one, and and he looked he looked fit and strong, and you know I've missed him, so I got a result there. But yeah, um, I just just thought this horse had improved. Think it over. Um, I didn't even think about Bossy. Um, I just 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 wanted to bet around the, the hole in the percentage, and we had a few a few. Um, Cracks at it. Gem Song looked looks superb again. So I, I thought he, he had to go in. Um, Mizzy paraded really well. She seems to run badly. And um, Dawn Passage was the other one. I, I thought looked looked really good. Um, so yeah, I just just like you know thought we'd have a few few running for us. And Bossy doing me a favour. Love him. Yep, absolutely. He's good in the Group One, isn't he, uh, Mark Shane? He certainly is. Um, well done to Rob to find this. It's probably the best think it over it's ever looked, in my opinion. Um, he did get a charm run on the rail, but he did get back in the field, and he's run a great sectional to, to come home and win here. So nothing against him at all, but Avilius was certainly unlucky. There's no doubt about that. With a clear passage, had he maybe stayed back on the inside rather than trying to come off the rail, I think he would have won, and that just goes to show you where our top horses, the level they're at, because Avilius hasn't won since... John Howard was Prime Minister. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a grand horse, though, Avilius. Look at him, but he still hasn't stuck his head out for a while, has he? I, I know. But nothing makes me more upset with Godolphin than, than when they start to run this horse on a good four, you know. You know I, I know the princess has got a tale of woe, but, you know, Avilius <laughs> on a hard track is absolutely grinds my gears. And you see Cascadian coming down the outside too, as well. Like it's, it's a double whammy. Yeah, I just want to talk us about the figures for Cascadian. I think he's run the best of the day, hasn't he, Pete? Oh, I mean, look. It's, do I describe this race as being a 400 metre race or a 500 metre race? Cascadian, Avilius, Think It Over, Dreamforce have all just recorded really big last 400 metre splits. But I mean, take it to the bank, Mark Road. And I mean, like, what are you doing with those figures going forward? Uh, I don't know. The, the whole thought of the race makes me feel violently ill, to be honest. <laughs> for a start, I've backed Funstar after telling the connections to retire after her first up run, and here I am 
<laughs> two stars later back again. I mean, how stupid can you be? Anyway, we'll put that to one side. Um, I backed thinking over at 33 to 1 last start and it wouldn't run past I am frigging Superman. So here, here we go. It, and I thought doing the form was hard enough when you have to consider factors from the last month, six months, 12 months. And Rob's inventing a scenario in which a horse reminds him of another horse that won 12 years ago in the same race. To come up with backing us at 40 to 1. It's, um, yeah, I thought it was tough enough to start with, but you just, that's, that's as good as it gets, Rob. That is as good as it gets. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, I was, I, I was, yeah, I, I'd taken a walk um, after after the previous race on on, on Skylab and, and and got myself together and um, yeah, it, 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 and I didn't even think Bossy was just doing Bossy. I think some bloke out of the crowd, hey hey Bossy, can I have a photo? He came over, took a photo with him. You know what a champ he is. The punter for life. <laughs> yeah, love Bossy, champion. Just loves um, it. He's gone to a new level. I think it's over. Uh, I mean, Terry Parker's been very bullish about the horse all prep. Um, I said after last time, I didn't know where you go with him because his handicap rating's so high, he's going to have to perform in either Group 1 handicaps or wait for age races, and he's come out and won a Group 1 wait for age in the very next start. I said, well, well, I said um, the same after the Craven Plate. I said, you're going to be hard to place now. <laughs> he's coming yeah, out yeah. Riders, so. Well, remember, I said, I said he, oh, he was a lay when he won first up at six years. The only horse I couldn't back <laughs> yeah, from the yard. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's just improved again. And, and Mark, she... Going back 25 years, is Kerry Parker the, the, the trainer of Barishnikov before he went to Gerald Ryan, the, the grey Ferrero field in about 96? Oh, is it... I wouldn't think so, no. I don't think so. Okay. He, so wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have trained for Arrowfield, I don't think so. No, Arrowfield had Barishnikov. I don't think there's any way he would have been training for them. I think it's a part. Anyway, I haven't Googled it, but it's been in the back of my mind. But I think I think it was a, a Parker who had Barishnikov before Gerald had it because he definitely went from someone to Gerald. I still remember how they paraded in 96. That, you're the only one on earth, Rob, but that, that's why we got you. Uh, flying Spur. No, speaking of, yeah, Flying Spur, get the, get the old boner out um, when, it, when he was a young, young, young buck. Yep. And um, our boy... Uh, didn't hear in the, in the in the golden slipper. He paraded outstanding again. I'm, I'm half dirty on myself. I didn't go harder anyway. Yep. Lead us into it. The group one golden slipper, 1200 meters, very fast tempo for the class, 6.8 lengths fast to the 600. Rob, you're talking about stay inside. Talk to us about stay inside. Um, well, we've been on this horse every start, and um, he he looked great. He's got two handlers, which I don't always, you know, it's usually a bit of a worry, um, but. Yeah, he looked like he's held his, held, his, held his condition. And I was just I was just peering. I was looking for a lick of any like lather or sweat on him, and it just wasn't there. And I was waiting for him to crack the old fella, and he, he, he didn't do that. And um, if it wasn't for buddy uncle Uncle's horse looking so well, uh, the six, um, home affairs, maybe we'd have gone a bit harder because this has destroyed them. It's way too good. Way, way, way too good. And, you know, he was run to suit. I think the soft track helped him. There were some great runs in the race. But I think, you know, we're on the right track. He was a proper colt. He was a five-unit play when he was unlucky last, you know, at shorter odds. So, you know, after thinking over, I was, I was half dirty. I didn't go a little bit harder here. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was great. Um, the, the big improver for me uh, from the yard was, was the 11, Captivon. Um, he's always looked like a, a kind of a group. You know, one of the best types, and um, you know, he's, he's, he's. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the size market, but I think it'd be right there, 1400. Okay.
Mark Shan, run us through the race. You've obviously backed first, second and fourth in the futures markets. Uh, do you have anything going forward from this race? Um, well, uh, we just have to see whether stay inside goes to the size. Uh, most golden slipper winners never win, win another race. So, <laughs> um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, Anima was outstanding. He absolutely went to pieces in the yard uh, just when they went onto the track. Um, he, well, he lost it at the barrier draw on Tuesday, basically. If he was able to capitalise on a better draw, um, he would have been very hard to beat. But uh, as I said, he's been up for a little while now and that run might have taken a bit out of him considering the way that he sweated up before the race. Uh, and this Artorius, well, he doesn't know if he's got the left blinker on or the right blinker on. It was an amazing run. He did this in the trial uh, on the steeple track, also at Randwick, where he was just all over the shop and he hasn't really adapted to the Sydney way as yet. But he may get away with it at Randwick, say at 1600 metres. I think that would be ideal for him if he can make it that far. But um, Profiteer, well, he's probably two bad runs away from going to start, isn't he? Uh, I heard stay inside. I'm, I'm praying from self, self-interest that they're going to spell stay inside. I saw well, an interview with move, Lizzie yeah. and um, Rick Michael saying, you know, want to look after him and, you know, make him a $100 million cult. Well, he's still not very big, is he? He's got a lot of filling out to do or, or growing to do. Um, he's not overly big. He's brought to you by Extreme Choice, who was a, a pretty... Squib. Squib. I, I said extreme. I said he'd do no good. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops, but um, there is that hanging over the head of the slipper winners going on that they very rarely train on. Mark Roden, is it as simple to say that you could only follow two of these horses next start going up in distance? Um, uh, what, Animoe and Captivant and, well, Artorius as well? Uh, Artorius is the, the one, uh, I think that's, yeah. that's probably the, the main one going through the line. Further as well. Um, yeah, the last, what was it? The last three, the, the previous three slipper winners had led all the way, hadn't they? I, I know the the um, drought for slipper winners goes back longer than that, but this one has a bit of bit more of a uh, foolproof racing style, I think, and there is a very good chance he goes on as a three-year-old um, and be the first slipper winner to do so for some time. Uh, and the second horse is very much uh, in the same boat um, going forward to next season. So we, we might have a couple of handy ones, and, and it might not finish there either, but we might have a, a decent. Uh, three-year-old class next year, which would be good to see. I'm um, just a, I missed it. I've, I've been a fan of him all the way through, and I haven't backed him, so I'm very disappointed about that. But um, great little lesson there for doing a slipper form. He, he put in the the peak performance in the uh, what was it, the silver slipper, or what did he win two Lonro. starts? I think it's a uh, Lonro or yeah, yeah, one two starts. Yeah, then he's been totally unsuited last time. Rating, understandably, has dropped and he's peaked again on grand final day. Uh, if you've got a two-year-old in the hands of a good camp like this one is, that's probably the the best pack the going into a slipper uh, over the journey. I know Farn and Kept just kept winning last year, but in most cases, you'd like to see them have half a, you know, just come off it a little bit and then peak again on grand final day. I invented that case for ingratiating in here, but it, it probably had too long a prep and not as good as the winner anyway. But, You'd um, love to know the true story why Jay Mack got off this horse, wouldn't you? That's bizarre, isn't it? Because, I mean, he was the key reason for his poor performance last start, um, rather than anything the horse did, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was Coolmore influence, I'm not sure. But um, it was certainly a strange decision. I mean, uh, 
Tommy put it in a beautiful spot. I mean, he drew the he drew perfectly too. I suppose anyone would have won on it, but um, yeah. having a good day, Tommy. Should have been should have been a bigger push from me. I was half. I was still in like a glow from Think It Over. I didn't quite pay for it. They were signing up to get autographs off you by that grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, anyway. I was going to say, you, you can't have the same thoughts about this race, Rob. The Galaxy, Eduardo, once more. There he is. Fast tempo up front. 2.1 lengths fast to the 600. He's completely killed them. Uh, Run us through. You, you used the term explosive, did you not? Yes, that's that's a new one for for subscribers. I haven't used it before, but but this horse looked looked like um, every inch of him. Uh, he just he just was like a ball of pent up bloody energy. And um, I I didn't um, I I know when I called Marcus, he said um, you know this horse is off a peak, and generally off a peak is not a good idea. But um, yeah, I just just had to back him, and I had to save on on the good thing of the day. Horbrion. Uh, yeah. Um, she looked like the perfect Waller horse. Like she's a kind of lightly framed, but she just had that right amount of condition and just walked around with such a, a dude, cool, just perfect. You know, everything that Funstar doesn't do, she does right in the Waller fashion. Um, so she had to be the saver. Um, you know, it's it's hard to to pick holes in these horses on looks. Um, but yeah, he looked explosive. And as I think I mentioned to you guys at the three hundred, I was howling. Nash hadn't moved, and I think I said in the ring, it's over, it'll let him go, and it just happened like I thought, so I was half dreaming, and yeah, it was it was, it was so sweet to watch, and funnily enough, my builder's best mate owns it, my mum's brother's mate has got a share in it as well, it's, it's meant to be, um, but not that that affected my decision to, to back it on the weekend, the horse just looked incredible, and is this another case of Joe Pride getting an older an older horse, a la Vision and Power, Red Oog? Um, you know, maybe this guy is a, an absolute genius with with tried horses. I, I don't know, but the horse is um, the fastest horse in the world. Exactly right, Mark Sheen. What are your thoughts on Eduardo? Well, he just went outstanding. Um, I, I I think the rail was certainly the place to be, definitely the last two races, and particularly in this race, but uh, I don't think it would have mattered where he was, actually. Um, he's gone out of blistering tempo. He's run, you know, he's run 63-something on a slow track and just caned them. Um, can he do that uh, at 1,200 metres against the, the other sprinters? Well, he's just been short of that in the past. Uh, Classique legend, I think, beat him at 1,200 at Ramwick. Um he then failed at 1,300 behind Horpery on her and Guitra um, in that race after the Everest where he was probably given uh, a big task there. He went out to blistering speed. So uh, if he can be ridden controlled, um, he's obviously right up there on this form with uh, with Nature Strip and the others uh, going forward into the TJ. Exactly right. Uh, do we know if Joe Pride is using the world's best, best sprinter tag again? I think he did use it. Um, <laughs> And Rob's taken it as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's a gelding, though, unfortunately. Oh, that's okay. It's, it's so you or him. His way. <laughs> um, uh, Mark Roden, is it fair to say that 
you know, the rest of these haven't necessarily performed poorly. It's just that the winner's gone absolutely outstanding. And although he hasn't returned the same figure that he returned last start, he's gone within 2.4 lengths on punting form starter. So he's backed up that enormous peak, and that was obviously everyone's concern going into this race. But he's done almost the same again. Yeah, I've got him going the same, actually, on mine, the way I do it. So um, remarkable performance for a seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, was it you, Rob, who pointed out to me that this is probably his first full prep for Joe Pride? Yep. Um, yep. Had the benefit of a spell and. Yeah, Maxi, Maxi, yeah. who works works for him, was, was keen to tell me that. Um, <laughs> Maxi, he, he loves loves Joe, and um, yeah. I also I also got I think I when I spoke to you, I got a word that Joe was bullish about this horse. I just yeah. you know I overheard it just next to Robbie Waterhouse there some proper punters you know just a little oh. bit of info you heard and, and then he came out and he just looked like. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you just plugged in the numbers they'd all done in their last start or two, you would have had him favourite, clear favourite, because that run against Nature Strip was extraordinary. But, um, you know, I had to I had to take it back off that. It, looked, it, was a, it was first up for a start. It was a big new peak, about four lengths better than anything he'd ever done before, and he's come out and held it. Usually when you're talking about horses of big peaks, you're talking about short price favourites, uh, and this wasn't the case. So in retrospect, you could say, well, I mean, he started five fifty, but when he was $7, $8, you probably shouldn't be losing on him because he did have the best figure in the race. But I was prepared to look around him. I thought Port Briano was a great bet, and, yeah, he's just uh, ripped it to shreds. And um, it was, you know, once I spoke to Rob, it was all going wrong for me, I thought, because you, you just first word you said was explosive about Eduardo. <laughs> Oh dear, he might be a chance of backing us up. The, the market just kept coming for him. He, he, he shortened and shortened and shortened. And you waited until the 300 metre mark to start celebrating. I thought the race was over, over after about 200. Um, yeah, really? He was humming along. Very fast horses like Fabergino couldn't go with him. Yeah. And I thought the race was over well before the halfway mark. In play? You know, what were you taking? Evens? <laughs> that was probably his right price. Yeah, probably, probably. Well, he's. Well, he, I reckon he could have gone faster. He's pretty soft on him late. Mm. And it's Nash, you know. Nash well, it certainly just... spices up the TJ, that's for sure. That, that's going to be a really good race. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, birthday card rounded off the, uh, the the card there on Saturday. And Seasons came off a fast tempo. Three lengths faster, 600. Got the job done, 2.3 lengths. Uh, Rob Scurry, run us through the Phillies and Mares. Yeah, look, I half kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're back second and third. Tricky girl and and Wonder Bar. Um, but when I spoke to Mark, I, I, I said seasons. Yeah, it's really good for her. And he's like, I backed that. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good bet. And um, and I, I failed to to listen. Um, but yeah, it's it was it written beauty. I was I was half hoping to see something, um, but it wasn't there. She, she, she didn't look much good to me. Uh, every rose looked like it improved, finally got fit, but, you know, that three-year-old form, who knows? Um, but, yeah, Seasons never paraded better, but never one of mine. Emanate looked, looked well, but, you know, it doesn't look like a world beater. Um, yeah, just, yeah, Wonder Bar looked, looked fantastic for her, never better. Um, she's run really well here. Um, but, yeah, um, well done, Mark. Roden, you, you and Sheen, I think you both tipped seasons, seasons, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, what a goose I am. And, and Mark Sheen, you were happy to lay written beauty uh, well and truly before the, the race as well? Yeah, well, I, was, I was lucky. I got this race right. I, I laid Emanate as well and found seasons and had something on Wonder Bar each way. So it was a good race for me, but uh, there were plenty of bad races before that. So, <laughs> um, 
Uh, looks, I think the rail was a massive advantage uh, for seasons here. She just railed up into a beautiful spot. Uh, I thought Wonderbar, from the pattern of the day out of the shoot, uh, she's run outstanding. You, you couldn't be four wide in, uh, in those shoot races and and come down the outside and make ground and eat away run a great race as well. So I think they're actually two horses to follow. Season's just got the charm run. Look, she's uh, looked like being anything early on in her career and then she had a bit of a lull there for a while, but uh, Les looks to have got her back on track now. Yes, uh, Mark Rudin, that's probably the way that this race looks to unfold, isn't it? You know, horses that were suited on the day versus horses that weren't <laughs> suited on the day and then going forward, it might very well switch around for them. Yeah, it could do. Uh, seasons has come back flying. She was really good first up too. Um, had conditions to suit on Saturday, but it's raced really well. Um, yeah, good to get a winner. After it had been a trying day for me too, so this this um, this eased the pain somewhat. Uh, I I hadn't backed Wanda Bar, but when it got out to the price it did later, I had to back it. I didn't back it each way because I'm not that clever. Um, but that was a hell of a run. And I, I said after its first up run, which was also at Rose Hill, uh, over 1,100, get it at Randwick. There's got to be a race for it at Randwick, and she could be a good thing. Okay, very good. That brings us to the end. I'll get some horses to follow from each of you. Mark Shan, I'll start with yourself. Yeah, well, I thought Wonder Bar and Air to Air, um, well, they'll be going to those uh, mares races at Randwick. Um, I can't think of the name of them now, but um, PJ's passion. Sorry, mate. Emancipation? No, it? no, that's that's okay. a mile. So the, these are more for the sprint um, sprint horses. Um, she's ideal if she goes to maybe the St Ledger or something like that. Um, I think would probably be hard to beat, and um, that's about it, really. Okay, Mark, a couple to follow for yourself. Uh, obvious ones, I suppose, were Realm of Flowers and Skylab. Maybe a bit less obvious, and she didn't actually savage line or anything, but I'd I'd be forgiving of Welsh Legends run in the second. Uh, she just walked out of the gates, and uh, after she was one one or something last time, she was stunned up his last. So I'd be forgiving of her. Okay, and Rob Scarry, a couple to follow from the yard. I'm going to mirror Mark. Um, there we go. I was on Welsh Legend, um, so yeah, I think she can certainly improve. And and, and Skylab. Um, I said you had nothing to worry about in the slipper, Mark Sheehan, with your bets, and I think I think you're on the on the winner in the in the derby uh, as well. Just my opinion. Buy his ticket off in there. I would, I, I would, yeah. No, I'd be well, he's cashed up. He should have plenty to spend. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll take a share, mate. Happy to take a share and, and take a fraction. Let's negotiate. <laughs> All right, well, while you've got the, the week ahead to think about it anyway, Newcastle Tuesday, Warwick Farm Wednesday, Gosford Thursday, nothing on Friday. It's good Friday. Uh, you can join me at Ascot and Kalgoorlie if you want. Um, then Saturday, Campbell Grange and Rose Hill for the Tancred, the Vinery. Mark Sheehan, another solid week of racing ahead. Yes, they've added this uh, extra meeting in the last couple of years after Golden Slipper Day. You weakened Golden Slipper Day to, to get another meeting in, so... I think Golden Slipper Day in the old was probably the best day in Sydney with the BMW and the, the Storm Queen and all those races on the Neville Selwood Welder, the first of the day. But anyway, they've whacked the uh, next meeting on. It was um, it was comfortable there on Saturday. Actually, normally Golden Slipper Day, you're me and the one at seeing a race live. Um, but COVID days now, you can wander around and actually see a race, which is great. Mark Roden, it certainly is. Uh, but for yourself, just another busy week. You can probably get another meeting in there on Friday, I'm sure, and you can just be working daily. Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, I've got a bit of ground to make up on Saturday. 
mid, well, the Kenzo Manning was okay for me last Thursday, but it, I wasn't happy with the way I handled it on Saturday, so keen to get back on the right side of the ledger. And Rob Scurry, we'll see you on course on Saturday once again. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I think we've got a good week in, of weather. So, um, yeah, it sh- should be good, good, good day out there. All right, beautiful, guys. Thanks for joining us on Victims of the Punt. Uh, we'll be joining next week to review Rose Hill once more. Until then, go well.